the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. views, opinions, and conclusions expressed in the following program are those of the host, guests, and or callers, and not those of Relmar McConnell Media Company, our corporate divisions or entities, the Exxon Broadcast Network, Simul Radio, Simul TV, our staff, management, advertisers, broadcast affiliates, and affiliated broadcast networks. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share innovative thoughts and explore deepening truth in support of the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be looking at Believe It to See It, Beliefs that Block Evolution. It's hard to ignore that the world is in a very precarious situation. Environmental crisis, economic stress, and political volatility is at an all-time high. Add to that the increasing polarization of societies as they merge and clash with those seeking refuge from war-torn homes, and you have a very explosive soup. Countries stagger under the burden of supporting refugees or the cost of building a wall. There seem to be no good answers in either court. How can we hope to evolve spiritually while surrounded by chaos? What's creating all this upheaval? There are many indications that our individual beliefs create our personal reality. But what of the beliefs of a culture? Could it be that our cultural beliefs are creating this mess? If so, what can be done to shift our cultural perspective? And can it be done in time? With us this hour to talk about how we can co-create a positive future is Steve Behrman, author of the book written with cellular biologist Bruce H. Lipton, Spontaneous Evolution our positive future, and a way to get there from here. Steve is an internationally known author, humorist, and workshop leader 
For over 30 years, he's written and performed as Swami Beyond Ananda, the cosmic comic. Swami's comedy has been described both as comedy disguised as wisdom and wisdom disguised as comedy. Since 2005, Steve has written a political blog with a spiritual perspective. Notes from the trail. His website, wakeuplaughing.com. Steve, thanks for joining us on Mission Evolution. Thank you so much, Gwilda, for having me. So, how did a political scientist transform into Swami Beyond Ananda? What a story. Well, you know, actually, my major was political science, although I have to say I never got quite so far as to actually dissect a politician. Never got to that point. <laughs> <clears throat> but, uh, but years ago, uh, when I was living in Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, a great change occurred. I, uh, I lost my job um, teaching at Wayne State University and took a job working for the city of Ann Arbor Parks and Forestry Department. And while I was there, a colleague and I decided that we were going to start an underground humorous newspaper for the people that we worked with. And what came of that was that I, I really noticed two things. First of all, how humor has the power to uh, transform what we, what we believe and how we see things because it puts paradox in our face. And it shows us that uh, sometimes some two things that seem opposing can be true at the same time. The other thing that I noticed is how I was very good at this. And so flowing from that experience, I ended up starting another paper uh, called Pathways in, in, um, <clears throat> in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And that was one of the early uh, holistic publications. Um, and because I recognized that people who are on the spiritual path really sometimes suffered from a condition that the Swami would call humoroids, you know, overly... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yes, it is an enlargement of the onus that, the, that uh, makes you feel so responsible that the only thing you're ever able to pass is heavy judgment. So we noticed that. And so consequently, the Swami became our humor guide for uh, people on the spiritual path. And it became the most popular feature in the paper. And for the last um, 33 years, um, I've been traveling around. Uh, my wife, Trudy, and I have been traveling around the country and the world. Um, spreading this message of cosmic comic consciousness. And we are about to celebrate our, our 33 and the third anniversary, which makes us long playing. Well, congratulations on that. <laughs> um, you know, what exactly, because this is the subject of the day, what are limiting beliefs? Well, limiting beliefs are largely uh, unconscious frames that we see the world through. Uh, and and what happens is um, these beliefs are like water for fish and air for birds. And because they are so these filters are so predominant, we often mistake our beliefs for reality. So here's a simple example. You know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, uh, there was the belief that uh, the sun revolved around the earth. And it wasn't until Copernicus uh, made his mathematical discovery that indeed it was the other way around. It took about a hundred years for the world, for it, even the leading thinkers of the world, to come around to that idea. So what happens is our beliefs are habitual frames uh, and ways of thinking that become rigidified, and because they're so prevalent and they're so all-encompassing. We mistake those beliefs for reality. Then what happens is that something happens that puts those beliefs in question. And at that point, we go through this process of uh, cognitive dissonance where for a while there's, there's a certain kind of chaos as we readjust our, um, our perceptions and, and parameters to, um, to wrap themselves around this new belief. So right now, here's a perfect example. You know, it's been uh, well over 100 years since Albert Einstein um, offered his theory of relativity. And yet our world is still living through this Newtonian idea of equal and opposite forces and still trying to impact the particles rather than the field, even though Einstein said that the field is the sole governing factor over the particles. So if we look at our political condition, uh, Swami's new word for it is our situation. If we look at our situation. Um, we, we see that we have these, these polarized 
camps, uh, each of which has a portion of the truth, and they continue to fight one another. And the truth is that until we find an integrating truth that brings together the most functional beliefs from this side and that side and evolves us into recognizing that we're in a field of relationships rather than on a, a plane of equal uh, of of opposing forces, um, we're going to be in this chaos uh, that we seem to be in right now. Well, isn't that the truth of religion and everything else? Um, you know, the one thing that I've really noticed, even on a personal level, is more than any time in history, it seems like you have to really bear in mind that nothing is as it seems. You know, incidences will happen around, and my automatic framework will put it into a nice little box. But if I step back a little bit, I'll realize that's not even a, a tiny bit of the truth. And if I try to frame it like that, I'm just repeating the same old thing in the same old way and expecting different results. How can we step out of this? Well, I think, first of all, I mean, because humor is something that I do and I've immersed myself in for many, many years, the power of humor is that it offers us a third way of, of thinking. And we, we tend to devolve into these, it's this or that. And we, we are in, living in a world of dualities, and that's really um, habitual. You're, you're with us or against us. You're a Democrat or a Republican, black or white, and so on. I'll give you an example. Uh, you ever wonder why jokes happen in threes? A minister, a priest, and a rabbi. A minister, a priest, and a rabbi. They're, they're having a conversation. Uh, how do you want to be remembered? What do you want the eulogist to be saying when you're, when you're laying in your casket? And the minister says, well, I want them to be saying he was a family man and a pillar of his community. The priest says, well, I want them to be saying he was a holy man and a leader of his flock. The rabbi says, I want them to be saying, look, I think he's breathing. <laughs> yeah, they do come in threes, don't they? So why it, is that? Well, they come in threes because it's a way of dismantling the idea that it has to be this or that. And when we get the truth of that, there is a breakthrough. I'll give you another example of, a, of how a joke um, healed. Uh, I was uh, doing a... a conference on health, and I offered, I was talking about um, uh, paradox and what I call irony deficiency. <laughs> seeing a doctor won't help, but seeing a paradox will. And uh, the idea that uh, one of the oxymorons that I was reflecting on is people who call themselves pro-life and yet believe in the death penalty. And so afterward, this woman comes up to me and she's very angry because I have dissed the pro-life movement, and she's you know, very upset. And I tell her a story, and she doesn't realize I'm telling her a story. I said, well, you know, there was a TV show. And again, there were three spiritual leaders, a minister, a priest, and a rabbi, always, who were, who were being asked about uh, the origins of life. And they asked the priest, when does life begin? And the priest says, life begins at conception. Woman is shaking her head, yes, because she agrees with this. Doesn't realize I'm telling her a joke. Then they ask the, uh, the minister, when does life begin? He says, life begins uh, when the baby takes the first breath. And this woman shaking her head, no. Then they ask the rabbi, rabbi, when does life begin? Rabbi says, life begins when the children leave home and the dog dies. <laughs> this well, woman. <laughs> we're we're going to have to pick up with this on the oh. other side of a commercial break. It is time for a short pause. Steve and I will be back. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show, coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. 
Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. Remember, past episodes are available on our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and our special guest this hour is Steve Behrman. His website, wakeuplaughing.com. So, Steve, you were telling me how you changed this lady's perspective by telling her a story. Well, what happened was, when I told her that joke, she burst out laughing and she hugged me. And, you know, once again, uh, you know, we, the, the, the basic fundamental disconnect that we have uh, is the illusion of separation. And once the truth of unity is revealed, and we, you know, in, in a certain regard, the laughter broke down the, the, uh, the polarized barrier, and all of a sudden there was a heart connection that overrode the differences in beliefs, which in our, in our head. And of course, the Swami says, love lives in your heart, beliefs lie in your head. And they often do lie because they give you part of the information. Um, so the way that this relates to evolution is that right now, uh, in order to um, evolve to this next level of organization, I want to say a little bit more about that, next level organization, we need to be able to encompass opposites and hold them. Um, one of the things that Bruce, as a, as a cellular biologist, an evolutionary biologist, uh, came to recognize, and this is a, a big part of our thesis in the book, is that every phase of evolution involves two things. It involves, first of all, um, an increase of awareness between cells and an increase in connection. So we've evolved from single cell organisms to organisms that are hugely complex. We have about 30 to 50 trillion cells, and it's a community. It's an organized community that's organized around the central voice and the central um, coherent notion uh, of, of being an entity like you or me. Um, and as human beings, we've evolved into tribes and nations and so on. Right now, um, if we were to look at our, uh, our next phase of human evolution, it's recognizing that we're all cells in a larger body called humanity. Uh, you called it humankind, and I like that word, because um, the currency of humankind as we evolve is human kindness. It's recognizing that we're all cells in the same body, and so many of the collective behaviors that we've adopted uh, out of habit, out of living under the lowest common dominator for 5,000 years, is that uh, we could call it autoimmune dysfunction, warfare between healthy human cells who are perfectly fine, they're just on one side or the other, is um, it's, it's autoimmune dysfunction. And over time, uh, that can destroy an organism. So that's really where we are right now. <coughs> we are dealing with this, um, this autoimmune disease, and there is a level of organization of how we are uh, that we are emerging to if we evolve, if we get through this passage, that 
recognizes that we're really all connected. We're all part of the same organism. And so instead of domination, cooperation, collaboration, and coordination is our destiny. So isn't this chaos part of what we're moving through is the old system has to break apart to um, shake things loose for the new? Exactly. Uh, if uh, if you people listening are familiar with uh, cymatics, um, you, cymatics uh, here's, here is an experiment. Let's say you have uh, a... Um, a spe- a um, uh, an audio speaker, and you put iron filings or other particles on that speaker, what will happen is when you're in certain frequencies, it'll produce a beautiful, beautiful um, geometric pattern. Some would call it sacred geometry. And, of course, it's very interesting that when you play mantras over this over this system, it produces a yantra, so the the, um, the the sound waves actually can create a physical pattern. Like now, a mandala. Like a mandala, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is when you're moving from one frequency to the other, let's say you're changing from a lower frequency to a higher frequency, first of all, what's going to happen? When you get to the higher frequency, the pattern that you see is going to be more complex and more intricate. However, as you are turning the dial, as you are moving from one coherent frequency to another, the particles are in chaos. You look at the particles, they don't, they don't make a pattern. They make a very incoherent pattern. So right now, we are in that change from a less um, useful way of organizing to a more useful way of organizing. And here, here's an example. Imagine that we were still living in a hunter-gatherer society. And every morning, 8 million New Yorkers trudge up to Westchester County to forage for food. It's it's crazy. It can't happen because we have to be organized in in a different pattern than the pattern of organization when our population, you know, was in the millions and not the billions. So right now we are in that process of, of moving from one way of, uh, of organizing, which I call dominate or be dominated. Uh, and we can talk a little more about how that came about and how it's been reinforced to a more cooperative uh, pattern of um, collaboration and connection. Younger people, the millennials and the generations that are, that are following, seem to have a much more natural feel this connection and they they look at how we humans have separated ourselves and in, into groups that are um, self-exclusion you know that are exclusive and that rule out other people that try to wall off other people and they look at that as being patently insane so as as the old ways die off um, we are we have more and more people on the planet who are open to this new way and of course the Swami would say Will we create critical mass before we reach critical massacre? So that's, <laughs> that's a our, really good way of putting it. That's you know, where we are. It seems like the um, what you're saying is beliefs um, impact reality or create our reality. Is that correct? Well, yes, exactly. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know how familiar people are with Bruce Lipton, but his first book, Biology of Belief, was exactly about that. How the beliefs uh, can impact our biology. Um, he was one of the um, pioneers in a in a new science called epigenetics, right. which is much yeah. So so it's really about how these um, are because our field of beliefs, what we are able to uh, encompass and imagine, actually do have impact on our biology. And I'll give you a few examples. I'm sure everybody there has heard of the placebo effect. That uh, you know for some reason. In 30 or 40, 35 percent of the cases, when people are given uh, a pill and are told that it's going to have a certain effect, even if the pill has no effect whatsoever, it's a control, it's a sugar pill, 30 percent of the cases people get well anyway, as if they took something that actually had a physical uh, impact. There's other cases of people who, uh, you've, you know, we always read uh, from time to time 
of these situations where a mother's child is trapped under a car and with somehow superhuman strength, she is able to lift the car, you know, three or four thousand pounds in order to free her baby. These have no uh, these incidents have no um, uh, there's no biological explanation for why something like that happens. And it's only this this notion that this field of beliefs uh, can actually impact our physical reality. We see these proved out time and time again. We don't really understand how that happens. Right. If that's the case, then aren't our beliefs being manipulated to maintain the status quo? Well, I think that they're being manipulated and we are agreeing to that manipulation. Um, in other words, we, we have uh, in our society a don't ask, don't tell policy. As an example, our government promised, uh, we promise not to ask our government what it's doing, and they promise not to tell us. Because if, they, if we did know what was being done in our name, um, we would be put into a tremendous dissonance based on what we, what we think about ourselves, how we believe about ourselves. You know, we, but people, people are starting to ask, aren't they? I mean, we're starting to see more of this. Or two. My wife, Trudy, was born in Germany, came here when she was three. And um, when she was a teenager, she returned to, uh, to Germany and, you know, had you know, visited with her, with her uh, aunts and uncles and relatives. And she asked, what did you know about the Holocaust while, while this was going on? And they all said the same thing. Um, they said, we were told it was American propaganda. And frankly, to believe anything else would have been unspeakable. So what happens is people um, believe what they want to believe based on what they already believe. And, you but know, Steve, isn't isn't that contradictory? We say we we create our reality by what we believe. And yet by not believing or not seeing the Holocaust, uh, yet it was still going on. Isn't that kind of contradictory? Well, I think that there that that the reality that created that uh was also based on the collective belief, and very these beliefs are very subconscious. These are subconscious beliefs. They're based on the on the, um, the fundamental belief that it comes down to it. It's either you or me. Well, we're going to have to pick up on subconscious beliefs, a very interesting topic, on the other side of a commercial pause. Steve and I will return to discussion on the other side of this break. So you stay right there. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. 
It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, www.missionevolution.org. We're bringing the latest tools and information to support the path to enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Steve Behrman. His website, wakeuplaughing.com. Steve, we were just getting into something that's pretty fascinating, and I think kind of a hidden key here, is that if we see, if we believe it to see it, in other words, our beliefs create our reality, but yet there's these realities that we don't believe in that are actually going on. And uh, when I ask about that, you were talking about subconscious beliefs. So it looks to me like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing, and that could be part of the problem. Speaking about left hand and right hand, um, perhaps your listeners are familiar with kinesiology, muscle testing. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is a way of uh, checking congruence between our internal wiring and our external beliefs. And so let's imagine that we have a, a group of people who are environmentalists or peace workers and so on. And what happens is you, you test them for congruency. So you test... Uh, I believe that we can have peace on earth. Now, if somebody's working for peace, doink, their arm goes down. They test weak for that. Why is that? Here's somebody who is working for something, and they're, they've devoted their life toward uh, creating a, a better world, and yet, subconsciously, they're not congruent with that belief. And the reason why is that for centuries and millennia, we have lived by the belief that it's either me or you, that it's the dominate or be dominated. So does that and, belief actually get uh, wired into our DNA? You know, it's interesting that you say that, because as we're learning, um, tr past traumas can get wired into the DNA. Uh, there are systems uh, like family constellation system, which is a way of working with um, family history and past beliefs. And... Uh, what people who you, who do this therapy, it sounds very woo-woo, the idea that you're going to impact something that happened in the past. But what turns out is that um, sometimes people present with traumas in this life. And I'll give you an example. I was uh, uh, listening to someone who uh, is a therapist who works with this family constellation therapy. And he had a young woman uh, who was uh, in her early 20s, and she was somebody who would slit her, she would just slash herself and try to bleed out. And the thought that would go through her mind was, I don't deserve to live. I don't deserve to live. I don't deserve to live. And when he looked at her, her family history, there was no history of abuse. There was really not anything going on that uh, would indicate that she was traumatized. When he took her family history, he found out that her grandmother was an alcoholic. And while her grandmother was, was uh, passed out, uh, she left a lit cigarette and burned down the house, and her baby was killed. Mm. And um, that's and so when the young woman was able to acknowledge that story, for some reason, that pattern of behavior stopped. It was so she could, she could leave it where it started versus relive it. 
Exactly. So Having how, the awareness. Yeah. How can we use that um, uh, phenomenon to read our, rewrite our subconscious programs? Well, I think collectively, I think what needs to happen is something like what happened in South Africa 20 or 25 years ago, where the only way they could deal with the, um, the healing, the trauma and the oppression of centuries of apartheid was to have something called Truth and Reconciliation Commission. And what that did was it allowed people who, you know, committed crimes, you know, not like, you know, perhaps not like the most serious crimes, but through the process of saying, yes, it happened, and through the process of having it be heard by other people, there was a, by telling the truth, they were able to free themselves of the bondage of having to keep it secret. We've, we've seen this happen with the Catholic Church uh, in recent decades, and uh, in, as the pedophile priests and all of this is coming to the fore, um, th- this pattern of oppression, which, is, which has kept, been kept in place by secrecy, when you liberate it from secrecy, then everybody can deal with it. It's something that we all could look at. So you're and, saying when, as long as we keep it in denial, then we live our denials? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why that's why we have the uh, in the U.S. We have the president that we have right now. I look at Donald Trump as America's balloon karma payment that because of so many things that have been in denial about what the American empire has done in our name in our lifetime, that um, the progressive side, the Democrats have been unwilling to look at. Um, Consequently, they've really been unable to protect us from that. And and so um, through uh, through fake news, through people partially awaking to some truths, um, the the mistrust of our government has gone from uh, we, in the in the early Kennedy years, 55. So, uh, yeah, it's yeah, gone but, from 70 78 percent people trusted the government to now under 20 percent. But, you know, isn't it time that we learn to trust ourselves and use our own discernment? Um, Is there scientific evidence indicating that a tie between beliefs and reality and biology? Well, I mean, I think that it's it's anecdotal, which is why the uh, the scientific establishment won't take a look at it. Uh, Here's an example. Um, We've, uh, you know, right now, I would say that we need a miracle to transform things. And the fact is we have a template for miracles, which is called spontaneous remission. Um, So we all know people, and maybe there's somebody out there who's had this experience of they've been diagnosed with a fatal illness. All of the medical tests show that this illness exists. And they're basically told, well, there's nothing more medical science can do. Go home and, you know, basically live out the rest of your time. Say goodbye. And in uh, a certain percentage of these cases, for an unknown reason, there is what's called a spontaneous remission, which for, for no explainable reason, the disease disappears and they, uh, they are totally cured. So a doctor named Louis Mel Madrona, who was an associate of Andrew Weil, decided that he was going to do a study of people who had these spontaneous remissions. And he wrote a book called Coyote Medicine. And what he discovered is that one of the common factors in, in these cases where people um, defy science and defy biology and heal themselves of something that uh, is, quote unquote, uncurable. So it sounds like uh, our belief systems are actually changing um, outcome. How can the new scientific insights help change the collective beliefs in the nature of life? Well, first of all, um, what he discovered was that these people had what he called a change of story. There was something in their lives that they were telling themselves that they believed to be true. And sometimes it had to do with a relationship. It had perhaps to do with a spiritual belief, with a job, with a location. And once this belief was changed, once they changed their story about something, 
the disease was no longer necessary. Stories are huge, aren't they? It seems like stories are something that have been recognized, um, you know, for 50, 60,000 years by the shamanic communities. How the stories that we write, write our reality. Would you speak to that a little bit? Well, right now, exactly. That's exactly true. And what we have right now are, um, we have a, we have a major denial and two stories that have been built up around around avoiding that that issue. One of the profound realizations I had last uh, was last summer, and I met somebody and interviewed somebody from my own radio show, Wiki Politiki, named Stephen Newcomb. And Stephen Newcomb is a Native American. Uh, he's a scholar. He's an attorney, and he's a Latin scholar. And he's written about something called the Doctrine of Discovery. The Doctrine of Discovery was a papal bull that was issued in the 1450s. I'm sorry, a what? I didn't understand what you said. A papal bull, (laughs) an appropriate term, B-U-L-L, papal bull. And I'm not, this is not a papal smear. I'm simply saying that Pope Alexander um, basically made a proclamation, which is what a papal bull is. The proclamation was that to the Spanish conquistadors who were going to the new world and uh, uh, quote unquote, discovering things in people, that they had the right, because they were quote-unquote Christian white people, they had the right to dominate, exploit, destroy, convert, and take all of the property of these lesser non-people who were not Christians, quote-unquote, and not white. So there's a story. There's a story. They They had this piece of paper, and there really was such a thing. They had this piece of paper, and when they landed, Uh, in full belief of this very, very self-serving belief, they went and they conquered, etc., etc. Now, what people may not know is that our own legal system has recognized the validity of this papal bull issued 500-something years ago. Uh, And, in fact, it's been used by the U.S. Supreme Court to justify the abrogation of treaties with native peoples. So you say they've recognized it as in upheld it or just recognized that it was there? Upheld it. They've upheld it. It's part of our, um, our, our um, uh, commonly accepted precedential law. So here's why this is important. That belief of domination and exploitation is so prevalent. It is so common. It is so commonly accepted in every society in our uh, every institution in our society that we don't recognize it as a belief. We recognize it as reality. So when I talked with Stephen Newcomb, he said, prior to the um, uh, white man's um, quote unquote discovery of the new world, of course the native tribes um, had conflicts with one another. Well, we're going to have to take a commercial break. Um, Steve and I will be back shortly, so don't you dare go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. 
Rachel, I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, www.missionevolution.org, bringing the latest developments in an evolving world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. I always love suggestions from my listeners. Email me at info at missionevolution.org to propose a topic or a guess that's on your mind. I'm sure we'll all enjoy them. Our guest this hour is Steve Behrman. His website, wakeuplaughing.com. Steve, you know, we can only change things from within ourselves. So I'd like to pull our conversation back down to what the individual can do. How can we as individuals rewrite our personal stories? Well, first of all, I think we need to uh, we need to awaken to the global story drama that's happening right now. Uh, we have woven ourselves outside the web of life, uh, and uh, whether you call it climate change or global warming or ecological decay, um, the markers are everywhere. The the uh, the plastic in the oceans, the loss of uh, of species, and uh, the melting of the ice caps, all of that. And it all comes back to the story that I, that I was uh, I was suggesting. And that story is dominate or be dominated, that we accepted that story. We see it as, uh, but as how, invisible how about to us. In, how about individuals? I'm talking about how can we come from within and move without with change? Well, I think, first of all, it's very important to recognize how we've bought into that story of dominate or be dominated. There are two ways that we've bought into it. One way we bought into it is to uh, continue this pattern of exploitation of, of the resources of, of the planet without putting them back. And the other way is trying to fix the situation um, by patching it up around the edges and making it a little bit more acceptable. Everybody on the planet uh, is impacted by this right now. So partly, um, we have to look at our own individual lives and our own individual stories and ask ourselves, how, how am I connecting to three things? One, connecting to uh, what, how, whatever we call the divine, whatever it is we call the divine. Now, I'm going to go back to um, uh, Jesus' one suggestion, which... Um, which in a way encompasses all Ten Commandments. And he said, um, love thy neighbor as thyself and love God, love creation. So as individuals, we can, we can reinforce our connection with the oneness. And I call that inner dependence. In other words, we have a source within. In native cultures, they had this. This was part of the initiation process where they became adults. In our culture, we have hungry ghosts. We have people who are looking to get something from the outside to replace what they have not connected with on the inside. So the first step is, whatever it is for you, create that inner connection. The second... So it's, it's yeah. um, let me rephrase this a little bit. Yeah. Um, if we're talking about the native peoples and, and the way life works, life renews itself. And our belief in everything falling apart permanently is diametrically opposed to the way life works. Life cleanses itself. Life renews itself. Are you suggesting that we align with that versus the belief it's all going to heck in a handbasket? Well, I think that, that that's a, a helpful, that is a very helpful belief. In order, to, in order to really know that, there's a connection that we make 
uh, in ourselves with with the web of life, which is ongoing. We can we don't even have to look at it as a as a invisible creator. We can, as you say, look at it as how life works. Uh, and so to recognize the cosmic scheme of things that that's really you know whether whatever happens on this planet life continues there is that aspect of life continuing um and seeing seeing that as a bigger picture in terms of ourselves um the question is how can uh, in this in where i am today how can i be an expression of this universal connection and love loving thy loving thyself loving thy neighbor and loving creation and as individuals that's what we can do, um, you know, in, in the time that we're here with the influence that we have. And it's happening simultaneously. The awarenesses that are happening globally and societally are also happening individually. And as we get a critical mass of the uncritical masses awakening, we actually have a shot at evolving into this organism where we are really all connected, where we are cooperating, and where we're in partnership. So how much does examining our stories to see, um, you know, where they're not holding water, how important is that? Well, I think right now we're in the process of that, and we're also recognizing that people cling to stories that make them feel better. Uh, They cling to stories that um, reinforce what they already believe. Um, interestingly, these times are called apocalyptic times, and the meaning of apocalypse is the lifting of the veils. Mm. Simultaneously, we have the veils lifting on toxic secrets and perpetrations. We're seeing that with the Me Too movement and all of that. Isn't it, isn't it kind of difficult to build a more positive future if we're interpreting our present reality based on these old stories? Well, I think what we're, what we're requiring is a new story. And so spontaneous remission comes from spontaneous remissioning and focusing our mission from the subconscious um, dominator be dominated. That's kind of been our default to a more uh, to a more evolved thrival for each and all. We're all in this together. The golden rule rather than the rule of gold. And so as we gather around a healing story, which we haven't done yet, you know, if you look at look at the political discourse, it's all about this side fighting the other side. What is required right now? Would, would you mind? Defi- yeah. Would yeah. you mind defining a healing story? Because those are also used for, for generations by the indigenous people. Well, I think that that this is a story that relates to being inside the web of life where everyone, everyone and everything is related. And we're looking at those relationships and we're looking at our, at our smaller selves in that larger context. And the way it can be accessed for, for ordinary people is imagine the world that you're leaving for your children and their children. Native peoples had seven generations. They looked seven when they were making decisions. It was, I'm making this decision based on seven generations back to my ancestors and seven generations forward to those who are not here yet. We have, we have taken our, you know, it's a long conversation, it's in spontaneous evolution, about how we've woven ourselves outside of this by our belief systems. The new story has to do with the connections that we all have with one another, with the one spirit, and with the web of life. And that's the uh, that's the story that um, is kind of like a, a new mission for our for ourselves as individuals and for our communities and our countries. What if our country had a mission statement? What if humanity had a mission statement that was coherent, that encompassed that, that allowed not uh, that allowed thrival for everybody? So what impact would our experience have? You know, what, what would the impact be on our experience if we come from rewriting this new story? Well, I think the impact would be looking at our actions in a larger context, not just a larger time context of seven generations back and seven generations forward, but in the context of what if we really were all cells in the same body? 
how would we be treating one another? How, um, what would I be doing on the planet in my, in my right livelihood that would be uh, in harmony with restoring the natural world and um, healing the, um, the violence that's been done one against the other? And that's partly with a truth and reconciliation movement so that we can heal, create a forgiveness process so that we don't bring the past with us into the future. And we're complete on these old stories. And, you know, the new story is yet unwritten. That's the great so, thing about so, it. So the unforgiveness it takes up residence in the unconscious, which writes an unconscious story that we keep perpetrating on the world at large. Very, very well said. On the world at large and the world at small, you know, in that in, in our little individual uh, in our little individual lives where there's a disconnect between what our heart tells us is true and what we feel, uh, quote unquote, forced to do because of our separation from this oneness and from our um, our ego um, taking over and saying, I can fix this when the ego has limited resources. So it goes full circle back into love. Your neighbor is yourself, which includes loving yourself. Yes, exactly. And, you know, it's interesting that, um, you know, that the universe has given us a carrot and a stick. The carrot is the golden rule. The stick is the law of karma. So the consequences of not living by the golden rule, um, are, are manifest right now. And, and we're sure seeing it. You know, Steve, I can't believe it, but we are actually out of time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Gwilda, for having me, and uh, thank you for the work and play that you're doing. Thank you. Our guest this hour has been Steve Behrman, author of Spontaneous Evolution, Our pos Positive Future and a Way to Get There from Here. His website, wakeuplaughing.com. Remember to join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting new things we have coming up at missionevolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as the mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to an evolving world. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net.
You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.